0: Blushery dot word podcast. Can you wait? Episode
1: four ninety two. Steve Smith or Steve Sweet, however you want to
0: call me. With the rickster Ricky V
1: Rock. What's up, buddy?
0: Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there?
1: So one of the most important things out there in this episode four ninety two is fertility, and it's actually one of the top things that people are contacting me about these days. That want consultation. So, if you guys ever want a consultation, you know how to get a hold of me. Come on the forum and just, you know, either post on the forum or just hit me up on the forum and I'll get in touch with you for a consultation one on one. But one of the top things that I'm seeing lately, Rick, is fertility. Guys are desperate, they want to have kids. It's not easy to have kids. If you're in this lifestyle, it's not easy to have kids because steroids affect your fertility. So, We're going to get into that on this show. We're going to discuss some tricks that are out there to boost your fertility. We're also going to talk about why fertility rates are so poor, not just the economic reasons, but also the environmental reasons and the things that are affecting our fertility rates. So first off, you know, let's let's do some education and Um, we know what countries are, have the highest fertility rates and which countries have the lowest. So this is maybe very interesting for a lot of people. I know for you, Rick, it's not so interesting because you like to study this stuff already, but the fertility rate is calculated by number of births for each age group of women and the number of women in each age group. And they come up with a fertility rate. 2.1 would be a fertility rate that would keep the population the same. Anything above that, the population would increase. Anything below that, the population would decrease. So, um, you know, we have people listen to this podcast from all over the world. So if you live, you know, in Africa, Sub-Saharan Africa, your fertility rates are the highest in the world, 4.6 on average. Some countries in Africa are even in the fives and sixes. And those are the countries over the next 150, 200 years that are actually going to be the most populated countries in the world. Nigeria, Congo, Democratic Republic of Congo, um, those countries are going to lead the pack in population. Countries like China, who have the most population right now as of 2022, when we're doing this podcast, 10 years from now, their population is going to start dropping because their fertility rates are falling off a cliff due to. A rising middle class and people, you know, they'd rather buy a big house and have nice cars than, than have kids. It's the economic impact of having children. And then you have countries like Japan, United States, Canada, most European countries whose population fertility rates have already been dropping. Now, why is the U.S. population and Canada population growing? It's because of immigration. Without immigration, populations would be dropping. United States over the past five years, for the first time, more people are dying than people being born. So the fertility rate in the United States, 1.6, Rick. You need 2.1 to be where you would be neutral. Other places in in the world, um, there's a thing. Heavily indebted poor countries, four point five; fragile and conflict affected situations, four point three; least developed countries, three point nine. Pacific island small. And, and this states, is
0: uh, to bring some context to the numbers. This is the amount of kits each uh, female of uh, birthing age, I guess whatever age yeah. parameters they're having babies. So, so what they're saying is, in the United States, every female might have one and a half 1.6 babies to to keep the population just the same each female needs to have about 2.1 babies because uh because basically if a a female has a partner and they have two babies um they're maintaining population just the same and if every you know every 20 couples whatever there's a one that has three babies you know there's a that's what they're talking about basically it's it's per female how many babies they're giving birth to about usually
1: so let me just finish this up on the other end of the spectrum, Rick. 1.5, European Union. 1.6, North America. The uh, Europe and Central Asia, 1.7. East Asia and Pacific, 1.8. So that's talking about Japan, China, some of the more... Um, economic- uh, Japan's
0: population has been declining for yeah. a, a while now. Yeah. They, they were the first... Uh, I think they were the first industrialized nation to start having an issue with population. that, that was noticed, at least.
1: Okay, and... In terms of income, high income earners, only 1.5. Low income is 4.5. And you can go through the list of income, basically the higher income, the lower the fertility rate and vice versa. So that's where we're at right now. Um, In terms of what countries are gonna have the highest population, China will start dropping. India will take over as the most populated country. And then by 2075, India will also start dropping in population and then you'll have the african countries surging along so really countries in europe russia east europe north america their populations will will start dropping pretty rapidly but the united states and canada will keep increasing population because of immigration without immigration we would have like an economic collapse because a service-based economy without growth People aren't going to sell. <laughs> they need growth to sell things. So it makes no sense in a service-based economy to have a shrinking population. So what the hell is going on? Uh, why are these statistics happening? Why are these poor countries in Africa who can't even feed their people having the highest fertility rates? And why are the more developed countries having the lowest fertility rates? Now, I know, Ricky, you have a lot to, to say about this, but let me let me give you my viewpoint. And there's been a lot of, I've you know watched a lot of professors who've talked about this and there's a couple reasons for this. Number one in these African countries they're living a generation longer than they used to live. So when that happens of course you're going to have an explosion in population because instead of people living to 40 or 50 now they're living to 60 70 and that's going to obviously help also younger kids babies they're they're growing up into adults where you used to have six kids and only two would become adults. Now you're having six kids and four or five are becoming adults. That's another reason. So why do they have so many kids in those countries? There's a lack of birth control. Their cultures don't believe in birth control. That can be a factor, but also it has a lot to do with lack of social safety net. So as a person who gets older, once you get into your senior years, You need those kids to grow up and take care of mommy and daddy in those countries. In the developed countries, you've got things like social security, you've got things like Medicare, you've got things like real estate that you can invest in and make money in. And that can kind of, that will make it um, really no need to have someone, uh, a child to take care of you. And plus cultural things, Rick, You know, these developed countries, European, North American culture, really the kids don't take care of the parents so much. It's more the opposite. The parents are the ones who take care of the kids. The parents give the kids a trust fund. The parents give the kids money for college. In these other countries, it's the opposite. The kids take care of the parents. So you got to think about it as as that. Um, My cultural background is. I, as the child, take care of my parents, but other people that I know living in the United States, that's not the case. They've been given 100000 dollars to go to college. They've been given a house. They've been given a trust fund. They've been given an inheritance. I never got any of those things. I had to basically put myself through college. I had to buy, I had to, you know, buy my own house. You see what I'm saying? So it's a different cultural impact. That would, you know, make make a difference. So um, and that's that's kind of the reason why you see some countries with high fertility rates and low fertility rates. And then last one, let me me get in before you, you come in, Rick, and you can tell me if you disagree or agree. Also, environmental factors. You know, we have a lot of environmental factors in the developed world in terms of the pesticides, the herbicides, the pollutions. All this stuff is going to cause a drop in fertility, drop in testosterone levels, our high stress environment. It's nonstop stress 24-7, 365, even on days off, even on holidays, we get stressed out. Oh, my God, I got to get the toy for my kids for Christmas. Oh, my God, I got to get my wife something for Valentine's Day. Oh, my God, I got I to have a fancy barbecue for all the neighbors on 4th of July. We just stress ourselves nonstop in that huge stress level of these first world problems cause a drop in fertility as well. It's just not natural. So those are my theories as to why fertility, the difference of fertility, but Rick, you know, you have a lot to say about this. I'm going to let you give you the floor on this one. Give us your input.
0: I'm um, pretty accurate. Um, that, uh, uh, that whole uh, thing about uh, it being different. Now you have to uh, make your own retirement and leave something for your kids as opposed to uh the kids would take care of you. Is that something you saw in any of the data, or any opinion, or is that something you you thought about? Is that a thought that you had yourself? In African countries, I'll give you an example. African countries, they have
1: a bulk; they're agrarian societies where they have farmland, they have ranches Absolutely. where they need the kids yeah. to grow up. They have businesses that require hours to be put in. So you're a kid, you're growing, you're, you're, you're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 years old. You're working for your parents on their farm. You're working for your parents on the street, selling shit at the little market. You're, you know, you're working for your parents, um, helping out, doing chores around the house. So yes, it's, it's, it's those factors. There's a use for the kids, um, in, in the, it's the
0: first thing the kids give years and years of free labor to a farm, um, which, in turn, yeah, no, it's it's huge. That is absolutely true. It's a shift in the culture. I definitely, um, I grew up still feeling as though I had to take care of my parents, but my parents only had me and my sister because they, they also, uh, and now, but their parents had seven, eight, nine kids because my parents' parents, my grandparents, they still they had home businesses or they had a, a farm, and they wanted the labor. They wanted the kids there. And the, the belief still that your kids would come back and take care of you. That's the way it used to be back in the back into Disney. And obviously. In in America, um, you know, America is always 10, 20 years ahead in some of these developments than other countries, we we emigrated to America, um, and so it just didn't make any sense to have any more kids because uh, obviously uh, it cost way more to have children. And and yeah, basically that's that that is what it is. It's a cultural shift, you know. Kids don't don't think or don't feel as though they got to take care of their parents anymore. Uh, kids are are now across the world putting their parents in retirement homes because they, they just have too much to do. They're too uh, they're too busy to sit there and take care of all their parents the way that maybe you and I uh, grew up seeing our parents uh, do. Steve, uh, come back and and want to take care of their parents. And, and, you know, and, and it's just different culture. So now it's, and also, uh, um, putting money away for retirement, it's, it's probably, it's probably harder than it, it was before. Now that there, there's employee sponsored stuff for people that have trouble saving money to, to help them psychologically save money. But look, if you were not someone who had trouble saving money back in a dizzy, it was just a lot easier to put your money away for retirement, you know, uh, um, it wasn't really until some of the some of the modern economics that that you know inflation just eats away at your money every year after year and and you know if you just put a bunch of money away, it's just not going to hold the way it did you know hundreds of years throughout history, where um some of the uh, let's say if you put your money away in, in metals and and property, it would just always go up. Now you can have your money in just cash. Uh, or or some uh, monetary vehicles devices that could just go kaplump, uh, because that's of modern economics. So it's people are are more setting themselves up for retirement more. Also, uh, um, I mean, this generation now is going to have the hardest time with home ownership, as far as being able to buy a home because of the prices. Uh, getting themselves into the into the work uh, stream of things, because now some of us are working into older and older age. Especially now with Zoom remote work, um, some people that might have been happy to not work ever again, because just 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 to not have to commute anymore, now they get to sit at home. And even after quote unquote retirement, they they get back into the into the marketplace, doing stuff, competing against the younger folks. E- you know, even after the age, because they can do it now through Zoom. There's a there's a lot of different factors and it's just harder to get along in the world now than it was a, a little while ago. Um, <clears throat> And I'd say a little bit harder to get along as far as uh, really making your way through this, uh through this monetary system that we have now. Uh But, you know, education is more readily available than it was, than it was before. And, and so, um, I think a lot contributes to that. You know, we we are all trying to save for our own retirement, set ourselves up to be good when we retire, and not rely on these kids anymore. You know, I, I'm definitely not. I definitely don't want to rely. My parents, <laughs> my parents do rely on me somewhat. Um, maybe not as much as their parents do on them, but I'm trying not to rely on my kids at all. I'm really trying not to ask them for anything. I wouldn't put my parents in a retirement home. I'd, I'd watch over them. I'd have a nurse, or professional come in and hopefully I'll have an, a big enough place to, to keep them near me with, with some help. But I know my kids are putting me in a retirement home. Like I, I've, I know that my oldest one has said it to me already. He says, when you're, when you're just getting too old and just kind of flopping around like a, like an old bird and, and you're just making a mess, you know, you're going away. He's, he's already said it to me. So, um, I realize I need to um, going forward, I need to really I need to be have my own <laughs> put away from my own shit and and make sure that I don't have to rely on him and and God keep my wits about me um because uh, you don't want to be that old guy that saved his whole life for a good retirement and then you you walk around one day and forget forget where you are for a couple hours. And then, uh, you know, when you when you come to a little bit, you're you're in trouble. And now your kids can 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 basically uh, um, put you away and take over your bank accounts and take over all of your funds. It it does happen to people. Um, It's a whole seems to
1: me. It seems to me from people I know in this situation, it seems to me that they they've got their own families. They got their own problems. They got their mortgage or huge mortgage. They got they want to drive, you know, the latest car. Oh, so we, we've, we've gotten more got time selfish. to take care of. Parents. We've gotten more selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've it's, got it's, gen, Generations have gotten more and more selfish. But, it's more but about it's, us.
0: Yeah.
1: But the part of that is because the parents raised them that way. It's not that the oh, generations yeah. have changed. It's oh, yeah. just the parents were like that. Oh, yeah. And then the kids kind of looked at, But it's like, it's marketing. It's When marketing. when
0: I was when I was a kid Buddy, it's when,
1: marketing. You've got to have the latest iPhone. You got to have the latest car. You got to have the latest computer. You got to have the latest laptop. It's just sick sick marketing. When bro. when my mother, yeah. when
0: my mother, my my father were, were kids, your kids were kind of just just hang there hanging out until they're old enough to to contribute to the house and work somehow. Uh, you know, my generation, my parents didn't want me to work at, as as a child. They wanted me to have good education. They wanted me to do office work right uh work for for, for the system we'll kind of then, then when i had my kids um my kids w- w- our lives revolved around the kids and that's how today in america you see parents running around with their children your whole life revolves around your kids it wasn't like that when i was a kid i had more consideration but not as much as my kids kids get it. my my parents got i mean i don't think my I don't think my my parents had a, a a conversation with my grandparents until they were teenagers, like a real conversation. The rest of the time, you're it's talking just, about you're talking about helicopter parenting. Well, no, it's it's um it's a yeah it's a, it's a just a different style of parenting. Like yeah. my like my grandparents, my grandparents, if if my grandparents were speaking to a, a neighbor or another adult, and my parents would walk up if they didn't excuse themselves into the conversation, matter of fact, if, unless it was important, they weren't even allowed to come around the adults uh, and interrupt them. They would, they would get beaten. And when I was a kid, I, if I came in, dad, dad, and, you know, he was speaking to a, to a friend, he would stop me and say, what are you doing? Don't interrupt adults. You say, excuse me. You know, my kids now, they just come in and, you know, when we're having a conversation with another adult, you just pop right in, say what they need to say. And, and it's become normal. It's, it's, it's just weird I've seen it with the three generations. Just a weird, different way of raising kids. Now, when you have children now today in America, 2022, your life will usually more than not revolve around your children. Special things they we should do for them. Special occasions, special things. Uh, you don't let them out this far from the house. You know, all these things. You know, I got I got to put a fucking Apple tag on my kids when we're when we're out and about. To make sure that if I I don't, I can't see them for five seconds. Yeah, that's
1: helicopter parenting. yeah yeah. But a lot of that has to do with, we grew up in the serial killer era of, you know, serial killers were out, they were killing people.
0: and um, Those have been around forever. It's just that for for ages and ages, people didn't want to attribute some of these atrocities to, to one person. They sometimes wild animals were, 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 were blamed and things like that. But I mean, serial killers uh, have been around since before were, there was electricity. I mean, it's been that
1: I don't know about, Rick, but I know in recent, you know, recently with cameras everywhere and DNA and everything, serial killers, it's very rare that you'll have a serial killer today. So, but we're still because we grew up in that era in the 80s where they were snatching kids right off the doorstep, you know, kids were playing out front. So we grew up in that era, bro it was hella not safe in that era um, with the amount anyone could just snatch your kid and there's no cameras, there's no tracking. Now cars are all tracked. Like you're, you have trackers on your car, you have trackers on your phone. They can, they can track everything. Like you said.
0: So, you know, I think that's part of it too. So, but we're still paranoid as
1: fuck. We're paranoid as
0: fuck. There were, there were, there were always people snatching kids up. That's always been happening. The difference is let's say in our grandparents age, a car that didn't belong in the neighborhood, a person that didn't belong in the neighborhood would stand out like a sore thumb in m- almost any neighborhood, ex- ex- except maybe some real close inner cities. And even then, people would know their neighbors block to block back then. Nowadays, you know, you see a car in the neighborhood that you've never seen before; it doesn't raise alarms like it used to. You'd have to see some real, because it's just people get around differently now. Our cars are differently different now. A lot of things are different now, but there was always rapists there's always serial killers there was always people snatching kids up and snatching women up to do all types of terrible things this has been going on since since before the new world was discovered this is i mean it's been going on it went on in egypt let's put it that way okay it it just kind of just fucking happened you know serial killers aren't a new invention they've always been mentally ill people always or people or people that go through trauma and become mentally ill through war or abuse or different things that ha- that can happen. It's always been going on. It's just, uh, there's more people now everywhere. And, and so, uh, uh, you know, there, you were, we're less watchful of things and everybody's on their phones now, you know, it's, it's a different, it's definitely a different, <laughs> it's, it, the world is more different now um, than it was 20, 30 years ago, I think than than it's ever been different in any other 30 year span ever I think you know what i mean you know who the
1: number one serial killer of all time
0: was number one as far as more victims
1: yeah in modern modern time
0: some it had to be some nurse lady that 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 uh, killed a bunch of her own patients and nobody uh, discovered her for years well now.
1: i mean that the pedro lopez he was uh colombia is called the monster of the andes he murdered up to 350 people he he literally took people and he took the, the authorities and showed them
0: great. kids. Yeah, the kids. Uh, 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 he, oh, you know he about the story? Yeah. yeah, he basically was snatch kids up. He already he's already had a jail, by the way. He's, he who snatched kids up. And that's what and, I was going to say. He
1: got released and they don't know where he is. <laughs> so it's yeah. like, what the fuck?
0: Well, but that's if you guys want to look that up. Pedro Lopez's name. Really interesting. Uh, there there was about. a there was there is a, a nurse or two out there that. Yeah. Over time, have been found to have. There's a lady who was like people that they killed.
1: There was a lady who was fostering kids or adopting kids or something on her farm or ranch, and she killed at least like 50 or 100, like, and then she'd get new ones. So, but yeah, so that was an interesting conversation. Let's move on from that. Um, the whole economic thing, let's move on to the science. So, when you're looking at semen, Rick, how much semen do you need to? Fertilize an egg. Okay, so norm normal sperm densities range from 15 million to greater than 200 million sperm per milliliter of semen. You're considered to have low sperm count if you have few, fewer than 15 million sperm per milliliter or less than 39 million sperm total uh, per ejaculate. So, so your chance of getting your partner pregnant decreases with decreasing sperm counts. Obviously. And some men have no sperm in their semen at all. And this, there's a name to this. It's called azoospermia. And look, at the end of the day, you use steroids, all right? Every time you run a steroid cycle, your sperm count will drop a little bit. You come off, you PCT, you recover, and then you run another cycle. Your sperm count will drop a little bit more and on and on. Now, let's say you stay on for months, six months, a year, two years, three years, whatever, then there's a good possibility your sperm count is going to get super, super low. And also there's a possibility you may not produce sperm at all. So you'll get that condition, that azoospermia condition. And that happens a lot with, with, with guys. Another issue too, not just your sperm becomes lower, also motility becomes an issue that word motility and that means your sperm gets lazy so it's going to have a hard time finding the uh the egg and it's not going to be very aggressive you know so listen you guys most of our guys you know listening to this you're in your 20s 30s 40s whatever right but you guys are in your 20s got to listen to this really close okay if you're using steroids from a young age you may not realize it but once you get in your 30s or early 40s you're dating mature women who don't have kids, there's a chance that she's going to want kids. So if you've been abusing steroids you know, throughout your 20s and 30s, you may not be able to give her a kid because you may not be able to produce quality sperm anymore. So the more you use steroids, this is the science, all right? The more you use steroids, the less chance you have of having good quality sperm to fertilize an egg. So you got to keep that in mind. A lot of you may not, may not know that. Um, You may think, Hey, I can run steroids and for years and years and have no problem having sperm. So how do we know how much sperm you have? There are tests you can order off of Amazon. Okay. And have it delivered to you. They're not really that good. All right. They're just going to tell you, give you an idea is your sperm count low is your sperm count good is your sperm count high but it's not going to give you an exact number it's not going to be that accurate so you really have to go to to you know a doctor a clinic and you're going to have to give them a specimen and they're going to have to test it to see you know how much sperm is live you know how much how much you got how much little 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 troops you got there and that's going to be the way to so if you're looking to produce a baby, okay, that's the first step I always tell my clients is go get that sperm tested to see where you're at now. Then we can go from there. You know, like let's say you go get tested and you're at zero, then we know that we have to be aggressive with how to treat your infertility, you know, and that's very, very important to know if it's low, if it's below that fewer than 15 million sperm per milliliter or less than 39 million sperm total per ejaculate, then we know we got to work on that to get that fertility level up. So Rick, you know, at the bottom line is to reverse low sperm count, step one of the process is you have to come off hormones. You got to, you got to come off all anabolic steroids because the longer you stay on anabolic steroids and the more you stay on anabolic steroids, the more it's gonna keep you suppressed and shut down and it's gonna prevent your reproductive system from churning. And if your reproductive system isn't working properly and is not churning, then you're not gonna be producing the sperm. So step one is you gotta come off, even if you've been been on TRT for years, okay? To give you the absolute best chance, you have to come off that TRT unfortunately. And it's not going to be a fun thing if you've been on a long time. So anytime you want to jump in, Rick, um, if you want to add anything to what I'm saying before we kind of get into the, the different drugs
0: and the herbals that we can start taking, you want to add anything before I get into that? Um, I don't blame any of you guys out there for not wanting to have any more kids, man. Mm-hmm. Have, you gotten, have you gotten, have you gotten
1: tested? Time. Have you gotten tested
0: yourself? I have three kids, man. I think I'm pretty good with the fertility, so I'm, I'm not. So you haven't got tested it tested though. That's what I'm asking. You haven't got it tested. I have three kids. What else What other test do I need about fertility, doc? Well, we I mean, don't you want to know if you have, if you're not producing, or if you are
1: producing, in case so you don't have more kids? Like, it's not just about having kids; it's about not having kids.
0: You see what I'm saying? Um, I don't know. I, I um, I haven't decided if I want to have a another one yet or not. Yeah. So well, dude, long. if you
1: meet a girl and she's like, yeah. She doesn't have a kid. She's like, I want to have a kid. I want to have a kid. Guess what? You know, she's going to be
0: like, you know, you want to be with me? We got
1: to have a kid.
0: I'm, you know, uh, uh, plug, plug. I'm pretty sure if I take I'm pretty sure if I take enough and to generate long enough, uh, no matter what, I'll be able to I'll be able to have a, a kid because so, I, I've, I, I'm for, I, I know I'm fertile, even though I've used my my last two kids I had after almost a decade of steroid use. I got off long after almost a decade of on and off steroid use. I got off long enough with N2 and to generate and had two boys, uh, two more boys a couple of years apart. I'm pretty sure now that if I wanted to, um, I would take enough n to generate to make sure I'm real fertile and 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 have more kids. I don't I don't think that the last 10 years of steroid use have done something that much different and, and that irreparable. To my fertility that didn't happen in the first 10 years of steroid use, right? So that, that's kind of my thinking on it. But not I haven't gotten tested. It is interesting though. You have a test you could just pick up at the and and say, you know, have a privacy of your own home. That's actually not not that bad.
1: Yeah, but you're not gonna know exactly. It's gonna give you an idea, but it's not gonna give you exactly. So tell us a little bit more. I'm gonna get into kind of the drugs. Tell us a little bit about the herbals, the ingredients, and then to generate that helps with fertility and um tell, tell us what they do we've been using these these herbals for years
0: you well, know for Doja, um, for is the one we have in there at a thousand milligrams per per serving that for Doja Agrestis is what's really uh uh everyone's reported um having more semen volume uh more uh the gains the size of your nuts really it's, I mean, it's just a really good one when it comes to uh fertility is, is the Fidoja agrestis. Um, obviously the tribulas, the LJ 100, uh, they have good science behind them. And those are also really good, good formulas, but the Fidoja, the Fidoja agrestis thousand milligrams, uh, the one, one full gram we have in it to generate that. That's the truth right there. That's the real, if you, if you just wanted an herb for fertility alone, my opinion, Fidoja agrestis by itself, even if you just want to just need it for fertility, but, you know, I don't, I don't hear too many guys out there talking about fertility, um, you know, anymore uh, because uh it's just, it's gotten so damn hard to raise these kids. Now <laughs> it's gotten so fucking difficult to raise these kids. Now, a lot of people just, a lot of people only have one and be done with it, you know? So, but yeah, I mean, definitely for Doja aggressive and to generate, it is, it is, it is it. So, there's basically
1: a bunch of options for females, but you know, we're going to talk about male fertility. Most of the guys listening to this are male. If you're female listening to this, listen really close, because these are some options for your spouse, for your boyfriend, if you're trying to get pregnant. So there's basically four, really, really four different things out there that help with men. Now keep in mind, with males, okay? There isn't anything ironclad that helps with male fertility. If it, if it existed, I mean, the company that came up with it would, would make obviously millions of dollars. But there are drugs and options and, and things that out there that kind of help. So the first option is going to be Clomid. The second option is going to be anti-estrogen drugs. And then the third option is going to be hormones like ACG and HMG. So let me go over each of them and explain them. So clomid one of the most cheapest and widely available drugs. We all know clomid, we you know, we use it in post cycle therapy, right? It's a great drug for that purpose. And what clomid does is it basically stops the feedback loop of estrogen going back into the pituitary glands. And in turn, it forces your pituitary glands or if you want to say manipulates your pituitary glands into producing hormones LH, FSH, and then that will stimulate your lytic cells, your balls, into producing testosterone. And then you get that feedback loop back. The testosterone turns to estrogen. The estrogen feeds back into the pituitary glands, but is blocked by the Clomid. So you get this, this continuous kind of avalanche of this stimulation of your lytic cells while your pituitary glands aren't getting fed estrogen. So that's in layman terms how Clomid works. And in the process of stimulating your balls, you're going to get a boost in sperm. Now, that is one of the best options for men. In fact, there was a study done in Egypt that showed that combining Clomid and vitamin E actually boosted fertility in men. And that's, that was interesting because that was really the only study out there, that w- the only ironclad study done that showed any hope for men when it comes to fertility. So Clomid and vitamin E are definitely going to be right off the bat, two of the things you want to use. These herbals that Rick mentioned, very, very important to use with them. And they're going to help the Fidozia, as Rick said. Those are going to help. Okay. Now, the next one, the anti-estrogen aromacin and arominex now slamming down your your estrogen is the same concept behind the clomid because when you drop estrogen in theory your hormones that your body is going to produce will go up all right so there's where the anti-estrogens come in so if you're using the clomid you really don't need the anti-estrogens but some doctors will put their clients on the anti-estrogens except instead of the clomid and then you've got hcg and hmg and they're both basically the same concept. They're both going to mimic elation in the body, which is going to cause your latic cells to fire up. But in the process, it's also going to signal to your pituitary glands to become suppressed. So it doesn't do what, you, what Clomid does. Because Clomid fires up the pituitary gland, and it's going to result in firing up the latic cells. The ACG and HMG skips over the pituitary glands and fires off the lytic cells, and in turn, your estrogen levels go up, and it's not blocked by your pituit- into, from feedbacking into pituitary glands. So here's here's what I want to tell people: okay, HCG and HMG are have been shown to be effective for fertility, but they should be more of a last resort option because here's the thing: if you use them you're signaling your pituitary glands to stop functioning and that can backfire on you. So if you're at the early stages of the fertility thing, you should go with the vitamin E, the herbals, as Rick mentioned, N2 generate and the Clomid, and then you should come off all hormones. But if you're in a desperate, desperate situation that's where I would bring in the AC, ACG and HMG. Only if you're in a desperate do or die situation where all remedies have been done and now you're ready to throw the kitchen sink at the issue and take the big gamble of using ACG and HMG. Because if it doesn't work, it's going to backfire on you and you may never be able to recover properly from, from those, those things. Because remember, they're hormones. So, and remember what I said, you got to come off all hormones to give yourself the best chance. So that's why you really got to be careful with ACG and HMG should be a last resort. So any good fertility doctor, they're going to try you on what I said, the clomid is going to be a good option. Maybe the anti-estrogens even, but a good doctor will not start throwing ACG and HMG at you right off the bat in, in terms of fertility for that reason. So I hope that makes sense guys. And and that should help. Now, success stories. Look, we've seen guys. Rick is a perfect example. He used steroids. He was able to do it. We've, I've seen guys on TRT be able to do it. It only takes one sperm. That's the good news. But I'm a math guy. If you want to increase your chances, you want to increase the amount of sperm in your body. You want to increase the amount of healthy sperm in your body. So that gives you the best chance possible. You know, so I mean I hope that helps, Rick. You know, anything else you want to add? Uh it was a really, really good show. I think it's gonna help a lot of people.
0: Um, yeah, I mean uh and to generate. <laughs> I'm going to uh I'm gonna add it in the link to the description. Uh, uh a link to the thread where a buyer of uh antigenerate, uh, the thread is called HG Generate, uh reports being able to get his wifey pregnant. Um definitely these herbals do help. Obviously, the Prescription stuff by your doctor is, is definitely bound to work. Also, uh, going to just a good fertility clinic. But I think with things like this, you escalate, right? So let's say you you and your wife you're trying to have kids, and you and you've been on steroids for a long time, and you think you might have trouble. Start off with just trying to see if you will have trouble. Take some herbs, get off the steroids, take some herbals, give it a few months. Make sure to try on her when when she's uh when she's fertile and then just go from there if months go by it doesn't work then you start going to the doc make sure both of your fertilities are fine then you start getting crazy about it but don't don't throw the kitchen sink at it right right from the start give it a chance see if you're able to uh, to conceive without uh having to involve too much science into your life maybe just a a couple of uh you know herbal uh boosters that've been used by you know tribesmen for hundreds and thousands of years just start off with that just if, if you think your fertility is lacking but most of you out there are going to find once you get off the steroids long enough you'll you'll be able to have kids if you had kids before you kind of already established your fertile you don't have any other issues you'll be fine
1: isn't it funny watching maury and and seeing those episodes where they had the teens come on and the teens you know uh, Teenagers got you know pregnant.
0: Steve Schme, you are not
1: the father. And then the 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 the, the kid, you know, he doesn't want to be the dad. He's denying it. And then you have on the flip side, people that go on the shows and they're crying. Oh, I want to have a baby so bad. There they're was like, a,
0: there was. I've seen the clips. I, I I can't sit through through talk shows like that. They're just they're so cringy. I, I I cringe right. I I just I can't. I feel embarrassed for the people that go on there. But I've seen some YouTube copulations, uh, uh, copulations. That's what they're called, right? And the there's one lady. She had like four different guys go up there, and and it was like different four different shows. And she's still trying to find the, the baby's daddy, but she couldn't. That that's that's pretty. So that was pretty bad.
1: Well, isn't that funny? Like they're in that situation, but they have people desperate to have kids. They want to have kids so bad. Look, at the end of the day, look, you want to hear my
0: opinion, guys? Ain't, ain't that many more of them out there? Not, not like before. Yeah, I know what you're saying, but yeah, it's, it ain't that many of them out there anymore. People are people are not trying to have kids like before, man. It's Look at
1: the you know, you know but, but at the end of the day, there's kids out there that really, really want parents. There's teenagers that are desperate for family, someone to love that. So, I mean, if you're in a situation and, you know, you're like, I want to have a kid, you know, with your spouse, adopt, you know, their kids really, really, really need people. And everyone wants to, the people who want to adopt, they always want to adopt the baby, you know, and, um, you know, it's not, it's not fair. I mean, these kids, eight, nine, 10 year old kids, you know, even 12, 13 year old teenagers, they, they need families too. I mean, we gotta, we gotta just, you know. Maybe it's time for people just to stop having kids until every kid out there who needs a home get gets a home, you know, and that's, that's the uncomfortable opinion that, that I'm I'm sharing with you. And, um, you know, a lot of people will disagree with that. I mean, you might disagree with that, uh, Rick, and that's fine. I mean, we're not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, uh, this isn't a dictatorship here. You know, what I say is not gospel, but what I, my point is, you've got a lot of starving kids out there. so maybe it's time you know if you're listening to this consider adopting you know like wouldn't that be wonderful just to give you know love love some a kid who's been unwanted you know and through it's not their fault they're unwanted but they're going to grow up thinking they're gonna go through foster families, and they're gonna go through a lot of abusive foster families, and dealing with drunks and boyfriends. A lot of a lot of stuff.
0: foster families that are in the system, the foster care system, are really really good people. Um, yes. And why? Yes. Yeah. Like I've I've lived next door to some uh, some of these uh, places, and yeah. man, these folks take in kids that have so much trouble, but they they man they they put that time in and they really do it. I respect that.
1: Yes, I expect the hell out of it. That for sure. But I mean, you know, if you can just um, you know give these kids a home, uh, permanent home, and show them, because you know the kids are gonna, they have a chance to grow up really, really messed up because they feel like, oh, I got, I was unwanted. My parents threw me out. They didn't want me. But it, like it, the parents are the are the idiots. It's not the kid that's the idiot. You know, the parents are the fucking idiots. Or the parents did. The right thing they could not care for the child so they had to put put, put the child up for adoption and, and that was the right thing maybe they were addicted to drugs maybe they had a jail they were in prison or something like that so it's not just bad parents or whatever it's also good parents but um yeah at the end of the day you know i think it's a beautiful thing um adopting i actually looked into it by the way i mean i looked into um adoption myself um there is a long um uh, waiting period in my state. So, and the reason they do that is they want to make sure that you're in the same place and you're stable. So because I move around a lot, that would be an issue for me. Uh, when it comes to adoption, they, they, you know, they don't look at someone like me for adoption for that reason, but later on for sure, uh, that'd be something I I want to do for sure. So maybe you'll do it, Rick. Maybe you should, you should adopt a kid as well when your kids grow up, you know?
0: Uh-huh. Um, if I don't, I'm, I'm, if I don't take on the responsibility of another little one the next year or two, I'm probably going to clip, um, clip my, uh, get a vasectomy finally and be done with it. I don't, I don't, I don't want to be like too old to taking care of teenagers. I think I'm, I'm at the right time now. I mm-hmm. might, I might have another one, but man, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to be grandpa with. with You'll be teenagers. going to high
1: school graduation at 75 years old. And then they'll be thinking you're like the grandpa or something.
0: Pretty much, dude. It, it just yeah. went, you know. I, I just know, I just know what's up. Yeah. So, yeah, domestic
1: responsibilities now. Domestic responsibilities. Oh, you think that may have slipped my mind, huh, Cleo? Just needed to be said. <laughs> what was that? Domestic <laughs> response? What would domestic fucking responsibility? Just YouTube domestic responsibility, Sean Penn. Great fucking okay. scene from Mystic River. Great scene. All right, guys. <laughs> so, this was another episode of 492. Fertility, domestic, domestic fucking responsibility, right? That's what you got. <laughs> domestic responsibility. All right, we'll talk to you guys next time, guys. Thank you. You got it,
0: buddy.